and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Mary Ann Robart, who is known as an energetic master, energy healer, spiritual mentor, shaman, life coach, medium, and also the founder of the Center for Lifelong Happiness. Mary Ann brings more than 20 years of teaching, coaching, consulting, and luminous energy healing to her work with her clients. Through highly evolved intuitive capabilities, Mary Ann taps into each individual's souls and hears the message and channels energies using her guides and her clients' guides. Through active listening, coaching, healing, and consulting skills, she locates limiting beliefs and emotionally charged issues and develops strategies with clients to move forward and achieve goals. She easily connects spiritual and energy practices to real-world living, which helps her clients succeed in creating lasting impact and sustaining change in their lives. She brings a unique and powerful combination of skills to assist you in identifying and then accelerating your timeline for living the life you really desire. Her proven method, as outlined in her award-winning book, Engaging Your Power, has allowed thousands of people to connect to their purpose and live into their own ideas of success. Imagine what your life would be like if you could step into co-creating with the universe and master the art of continually raising your vibration and creating bigger and better visions for your life. It's now time to raise your vibration and reclaim your happiness with the enchanting Marianne Robart. Enjoy. So we have a special guest for you today, all the way from the US, Mary Ann Robot. Uh, welcome to I Am Woman Project. How are you today? I'm fantastic. And how are you doing? I'm good. Before we got on the show, we were just—I uh, was just explaining to Marianne. It's seven a.m. Saturday morning here in Melbourne, and and uh, she was actually wondering what part of the world are we at to be seven o'clock in the morning? What time is that your end? Uh, we are at three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. Yeah, amazing, fantastic. And you're going through winter? Yes. In fact, um, we've had this amazing long extended fall. So today and yesterday were the first days where it hit only single digits 
here. So it's a little bit chilly even for us who are used to it. Yeah, and we're in summer, apparently in summer, but it, it's been uh, raining like crazy. But, hey, that's the way it is. So, Marianne, for our listeners, let's unpack Marianne and tell us your story and how you got to or what inspired you to do what you're doing right now. Well, I'll tell you, when I was um, – I worked in corporate America for 20 years, and when I was starting out, I had these amazing jobs. In fact, I, I worked in Australia for several years as uh, the Far East um, uh, Development and Learning Manager, so I was always uh, taking trips there, and I loved it because I loved working with other cultures. I loved seeing other countries. And one day, though, I was in the front of my house with my husband. We were raking leaves. And I remember thinking, why don't I feel fulfilled? What is going on with me that I don't feel fulfilled? I have the the job of my dreams. I love to travel. I love to work with people. That's what I did back then. Uh, My husband was amazing. We had the American dream. Like uh, The American dream is usually you get married, you buy a house, and then you have children. We hadn't had children yet, but we were waiting. We were putting that off um, because we both had busy careers. But there was something in me that just felt missing. Like I remember being at a party, and there were lots of people in the room and lots of fun going on around me. And I remember feeling really lonely. And I thought, what, you know, what's going on with me? And so I ended up meeting a coach back then. They didn't call them coaches because this was in the mid 80s. Uh, She was called a success consultant. And we were talking about connecting in with your heart. And I just felt like I could no longer connect in with who I was at the deepest level. So I started working with her, and one day she asked me what my spiritual um, preferences were, and I said, oh, I'm not religious. And she said, no, no, what's your spiritual? And back then, I didn't have a good distinction between what religion was and what spirituality was. And so I went off on a journey. I thought, I'm intrigued by all of this. I want to figure out how to be more connected and loving to myself and in the world. And in that journey, I met a corporate shaman. I met some other healers at the time. And they all began to help me turn back to myself, like turn to myself. And so my curiosity was so high because as I was dropping um, this idea about how I was living at the time, it opened up all the space to begin to live differently. And um, as soon as I had that space, I really questioned what I was doing, what was bringing me happiness. And so I guess I would say I went on a spiritual journey. And then uh, fast forward that. So I did all the spiritual journey work. I opened my intuition. I connected to my spirit guides. I started to do energy healing. And fast forward that 15 years later, I ended up having triplets and um, I decided I wanted to stay home once I had the triplets. So I stopped working and what happened was all these people that I had worked with part time um, during my job in in, um, corporate America started to ask me if they could come back for coaching Uh, and 
I started my coaching slash healing practice. I, I always called myself a reluctant healer because I didn't ask for it. The healing energy just started to come through to me. So it was, um, it was sort of destined. Like I, later I learned this was my path in life. And, um, so you know how the universe always turns you to the, your right direction. Mm. So by having my famous line was to my husband, well, how much could one child really change your life? So I guess the universe took note of it and gave us three at once. And that really changed my life. So enough so that I left my job and um, began to do different work in the world. Wow, triplets, that's amazing. I'm curious about a corporate shaman. I've never, ever heard of a corporate shaman. What do they actually do? Well, he wasn't um, named a corporate shaman back then. He was uh, the vice president of our Western states. And being the vice president, um, actually, I had just moved into a new group and I was uh, presenting to him and afterwards he said, when are you going to use your real gifts? And I got really nervous, like, oh, my God, I must have flunked my presentation. And I had a whole group that was depending on me um, getting money from this guy. So I went to him and I said, you know, asked him about the present. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. He said, what I want to do is talk to you about your real gifts. And it turned out that he was a shaman and he helped people one on a one-on-one -on -one basis to really open up to what their true gifts were and how to see themselves. So um, he wasn't really doing it in terms of business. He was doing it in terms of individuals, helping people to own their own unique power. So Marianne, when you speak about gifts, are we talking about our purpose, why we're here? Yes, why we're here, what we're meant to be doing in this life. Because mm. it's it's one of those things. The reason why I ask, we always, uh, you know, that quite often you hear people that still searching for the meaning of life and not sure what their purpose is, and you know, and sometimes uh, they get this um, big audacious goal, this big idea. They get into a business and they just don't feel connected to it or on purpose. And it's it's very much what you were talking about before that you know you had a great job great uh, relationship, but there was just something missing. So for those that are, are listening, and, and if um, would that be a recommendation to go deep into the heart and connect with your spiritual self? Because I, I also agree, spirituality is not religion. And it's funny because not that long ago, I ran a class and there was a few people that were being a little bit resistant to it because they connected spirituality with religion. And it's, it's absolutely not, is it? I don't think of it in those terms at all. Religion is beautiful. And yeah. for some people, it really supports them. I was brought up in a church that I loved until I got a little older. So I think about religion as um, um, doctrine and you follow certain rules and ways of being. And what spirituality is, is really just getting into yourself and into um, God, God. In fact, I remember saying to my mother, this work has made me so much closer to God than any other work I've ever done. Um, and so it's just a way of you defining for you and you being open to really understanding 
how you want to be and how you want to show up in your life and uh, what divine inspiration comes to you and works through you so that you can connect to your others and to purpose. And um, Catherine, I wanted to go back to purpose because what people think is like purpose, like you have to go climb a mountain and sit up there and meditate for half a year and figure it out. Or, you know, it is like this big, audacious thing and not for the common man because the common man needs to make make money, right? And live a life. And what I will say to people is that Your purpose is important and it's easy to find because all of you have lived on purpose at points in your life. Typically, the parts of our life or moments or years, if you're lucky, that have been really fulfilling and really satisfying have been times in your life when you were indeed living on purpose. So I would tell people, Go and look at what you were doing, how you were thinking, and how you were being. And what out of all of those doing, being, and having really connected to your sense of um, joy and your sense of happiness. Because we all came down here to experience different things, and we have. But what happens is if we don't have our purpose defined for us, we lose our way. Like... Or we just say, oh, I was just so happy because I was living in that house or that city or that state. Instead of recognizing here are the things within me that if I have them in my life, I'm incredibly happy. So, for instance, my purpose is to creatively create destiny by healing, teaching and guiding. And my first to creatively create destiny, I got that when I was only 29. And at the time, it I didn't really know what it meant to me. But what I did know was that as long as I was sort of in the energy of co-creation, like my job had to be really creative. My relationships with my husband and with my friends had to be really creative. And I, I don't mean in terms of painting or writing or But it had to be something that kept evolving and changing because when things evolve and change, that's when I can show up as my best. Mm, I love that. I think that there's a a couple of things uh, that came out of that. So when we're talking about um, what are you being, quite often you find that uh, people uh, seek external about what they want as in having in their life. So having a bigger car, a better relationship, more money. And what that does, that doing part, that makes them, uh, you know, run around chasing their tail. And then how they're being left, it's actually feeling overwhelmed and stressed. So what you're saying is to actually, whatever that end result is for you, whether it's happiness or freedom, that's the B, the B part what are you being and then your actions will be different to what you end up getting your results. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you follow what is it that brings you the most joy and happiness, then that's going to create different actions in your life. Mm. And that goes back to that intuition part that you were talking about because when you're talking about, and I know our listeners are probably a little bit curious when you're talking about Uh, the inward journey what does that mean does that mean there's a combination of things that I I connect with meditation 
um, but intuition is a big piece. Intuition is that gut feeling, which most of us sometimes ignore. Exactly. And all of us have access to our intuition. You know, it's not something that only certain people were destined with. Every one of us comes in very intuitive. What happens is it just doesn't get trained or honored or held for us. And so we get lazy and over time we lose our connection to our our deepest and inner knowing. And What's happening now in the world is a lot of the children that are coming in, they're coming in so open. They're coming in still like able to work in our world, but very connected to the spiritual world. And so they show up differently. They're open, they're loving, they're more joyful, they're more kind, and they're more sensitive. And so because of that, if that's not honored in them or their parents don't know how to work with that, what happens is you start to see kids becoming incredibly anxious because they don't know how to um, sort of how to cope with their, their inner knowing and what they have to do. Mm. And it's so true. It's not taught at a very young age, is it? If you have a look at a little child, though, and are you talking about, Uh, indigo children? I am. I'm talking about indigo. Well, the indigos were the first ones that really started to stay so open. And then they all had challenges, right? They had Mm. challenges in the system because when they went to school, they didn't want to learn something that they knew at some point in their knowing they knew they would never use it again. Mm. That's knowing, that's intuition, but they didn't know how to frame that. Yeah. And so what happens happened with a lot of indigo children is they either got really angry, like there was a lot of there's a lot of anger in indigo children. Yeah. Uh they got depressed. Yeah. Uh they got very um uh, rebelish, right? Like they would um become the rebels in their class rather than say we understood that about them that mm-hmm. they had such great intuition. So rather than saying, no, you've got to do this or you fail, you could frame it differently for them. Like, I understand you don't hold that you'll need this right now. But what if someday you do? It's my job to help you be prepared in all things so your choices stay wide open for you. Hmm. That's a very different conversation than just, you know, be quiet and do your work. Mm. So true. And I, I think that um, the other thing I, that just um, I'm curious about, when you're talking uh, about this new uh, lot of children are coming through, what are they called? I, I call them the crystal children. The crystal. Because what crystal children are is that they're the same thing. They're like indigos. They have that access to their deepest knowing, but they don't have the edge to them that indigo kids have. So indigo children fought the system, crystal children accept the system, and then figure out ways to move around it. (laughs) Mm. It's interesting because my son is 23, and I think he's an indigo child, and he's always been really sensitive, but he's always said that he hasn't felt connected to this world and to the ways of our doing. So when you're talking about fighting the system, I can actually really connect with that with him. 
Right. Mm. And so um, with him, it would be great to say, yeah, you probably aren't 100% here. So let me show you some exercises to ground you fully here. And then let me show you exercises to really honor that part of you that's still open and connected. Mm. So now he has some distinctions that he can go and work with rather than feeling alienated. Or I don't know what he feels, but I, what the children I see, they eventually start to feel alienated because they don't feel like they belong. Because they don't feel like they can just sort of suck it up like everyone else does. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's and also he's at a very young age always search for the meaning of life. Believe it or not, so it's really interesting. Um, so for for our listeners that do have children, um, how do you help your children, even yourself, like tap into your intuition? How would you guide someone? Obviously, we talk about a gut feeling, but is there anything else that you would uh, walk them through? Yes, I actually use the language. I use the language of your inner know and your inner wisdom. So I'll ask them, like when they're struggling with a decision, I'll say, get quiet, just breathe into your body and ask yourself the question and see what the first answer pops up. Like it will pop up very quickly for you. And know that that's your intuition coming forward. But you have to get quiet so that you can listen in. You know, a lot of what we teach is all this busyness and just do, do, do. So we're never really quiet enough to to listen in. So with children, that's what I would teach. Also, Mm -hmm. I would teach a lot of them will say, like two of my kids are so intuitive and one of them has been seeing angels since, I don't know, the minute she could talk, she mm-hmm. told me she always sees angels. And I said, great, what is the angel telling you? Oh, what message does it have for you today? Mm. And, and so you don't make it weird or strange or anything. It's just sort of like acknowledging it. Yeah. Because you do that, I mean, you do see, like I remember, um, and I'm, I'm sure lots of mothers and fathers have, have experienced the same thing, where you see your child playing and speaking with someone as if they're sitting in the room with someone, but you obviously they, 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 you can't see that, but they can see that, whether it's a fantasy or whether it's real for them. But I know there was times where I used to just peek on my son and he'd be playing games and building things, uh, but speaking to someone as if that person was sitting right beside him. Right. And for him, that person was sitting right beside him, that spiritual energy. Maybe it was a, an angel, maybe it was a guide. But that's that's what children can do so much easier than adults, especially mm. adults of my age. But um, and what I love is that parents. I work with a lot of young parents um, to help them uh, stay open to what their children are experiencing, mm. which is lovely. It just it it warms my heart to see parents getting out of their comfort zone so that they can support their children. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Marianne, through your journey, what has been some of your greatest lessons? I, You know, I love that question. Um, and it's always a hard one because I feel like I've learned so many lessons on so many levels. But my number one lesson for right now 
is to try to stay present in every moment. Like I have three children that are going off to college this year mm. and I could sit and project into the worry of it, the, the worry on so many levels, like, oh God, how are they going to be by themselves? Uh, how are we going to pay for three college tuitions? How like there's a, there could be a lot of worry around it, but I, keep bringing myself back to be in the present moment with them, mm. take advantage of the present. And so that's how I live my life. And it's an internal dialogue that I have to remind myself, like I am in the present moment whenever I'm working with my clients because I'm working with them. They're in front of me or they're on the phone and you're so present and I'm in their energy. And I have to remind myself that being in the present moment in my own life is so important because that's where the juice is. Like mm. that's where the beauty is. That's where the happiness lives. Mm. It doesn't live projecting forward or ruminating about the past. Like those things we can do nothing about. I know like I know, I was an extreme control freak. I believed I could control the future. I can control my current reality. And through the years, so here is my second biggest lesson, is control is an illusion. We, the more we force control on our lives, the more we're really feeling unsafe. And the reason why we're feeling unsafe is because we're becoming more and more disconnected from who we are and what we're about. So true. So the, so the more we get in touch with who we are, and what we're about and who we want to be, the more connected we'll be, the more we can be in the moment and be in flow. So let go of control and trust that whatever happens is going to work for us. Mm. Even when we get bad news, like last night, my daughter didn't get into one of the Ivy schools that she went after. And oh my God, all five of us were standing around, the letter pops up, we begin to read it and she starts crying. And we, and it's like, it's devastating as a parent, right? Like you want to just go to like, oh, I'm mad, this is unfair and blah, blah, blah. Or you feel so much compassion for them. But then our job is to go to, there's always a purpose why things are not going to go the way you hope they, they are. So who knows what's coming because this closed down for you. So true. And I, I always think to myself when things like that happen, it's not meant to be and something always greater. And I think that, like you were saying, if you're in the present moment um, and actually just have that kind of mindset where it's like if, if, if it's not now, it may be later or might be something else, you project a very different energy than if you sit there worrying about something you can't control, then what that does, it makes you very reactive and very stressed out. And quite often I do that. Like sometimes I check in with myself when I find myself worrying, I, I actually ask myself, do I have any control over this? And most of the time it's not. So as soon yeah. as I connect with it, I just let it go. Yes. And then what happens, right? New possibilities, new opportunities. Mm. You're back in flow and you're more centered and grounded. So true. So Marianne, I'm curious, how did you uh, run a business with triplets? How did you balance <laughs> know. it? What was your Isn't trick? Isn't it funny? Like my business grew up as my children were growing up. 
So uh, one of the truths is I had an amazing nanny. So my nanny would come and spend four or five hours with the kids during the day. And I would see clients. And then I would come home and be with my children. Um, And what I loved is that it was on my terms. Like I only wanted to be out of the house four to five hours max a day. And so I could when operating. But I had to set some expectations about how big my business could be. Like the last few years, I've gotten lots of opportunity to travel to different places or I have such a desire to bring my business out further into the world. And yet I find myself not doing it. And what I realized was I don't want to leave home. I only have a, a, you know, this, this is my last year with the kids living under our roof and I want to be around for it. And so I, have made some decisions, business decisions that support me being um, home and present from the number of clients I work with to how I work. And three years ago when I realized like, ooh, my kids are actually going off to college and when they go off to college, I'd like to go and have semesters abroad. So three years, actually, no, it's four years ago, I started my business to be, I was just simply brick and mortar. So I I managed everyone in the Boston, New York area to being virtual. Mm -hmm. And that took like two years for me to figure out the virtual marketplace and how to run everything and how to do groups online and everything. But now it's all humming and I'm in a place that they can go off to college and I can go off and live a semester somewhere. Um, So it's about being really, um, what do I want to say, intentional Mm. about how you want to live your life. So every year I put together my own um, goals and my own visions based on what my purpose is in the world every single year. Mm. so I'm always on point yeah I love that I I do the same thing every year I set myself it's a a bit of a ritual uh, that we do on a yearly basis I set myself three goals that are aligned with my purpose and what I do is I it's sitting in my office and I've got pictures that are aligned to the words and my feelings and then when things come my way I actually check in with myself is this aligned with what my intention is for this year and if the answer is no I won't invest time in that so it does keep me on purpose and it keeps me aligned and on my path that's lovely yep that's so we have a very similar process yes Mm. and I would say that's how I built my business and I'm a multiple six-figure business Mm. and I employ other moms that just want to work parts of the day because they want to be home with their children and that works for them and it works for me because I understand that model. So we do crazy things like sometimes we meet, we have a meeting at nine at night because that's when one of my assistants, her little babies go to bed, you know, or we're up first thing in the morning at seven and we're on a meeting together. So We'll, do, we'll be as flexible, I'll be as flexible as I need to be so that everyone gets their needs met. So for our listeners, uh, what kind of, when you're talking, you're doing group sessions online, what, what kind of uh, things do you go through? Do you take them through a healing process? Do you take them through sort of a mindset or coaching process? What is it exactly that you do when you're running your groups? 
It's an and both. So I run an empowered, um, an empowered living group, and that is both mindset. It's coming up with purpose, visions, goals, helping them through their limiting beliefs, creating uh, mindset shifts so that they can move forward, looking at where they're getting stuck. So half of it's that. And along the way, I do a ton of energy work. And through the energy work, then they start opening back up to their intuition. And I'll push them on developing their own intuition so that they get a sense of their own power and their own knowing. So that and the Empowered Living Group is a combo. Mm -hmm. I also teach our healing school that um, we run And that's to teach people how to heal in multiple modalities. You know, one of the things I recognize is people either do Reiki or they do cranial sacral or they do, but they only have one, maybe two modalities. Mm -hmm. And so everyone that they come, comes to see them, that's what they get. Well, I like to flip that model on the head and say, look, when we look at a person's system, like their, their physical, their spiritual in their energetic systems, what are all the things that we can help support them and service them with? And then I teach all those different things so that at the end of the year, this person is a holistic healer. Anyone can walk in and they'll feel confident and comfortable that they have the capabilities and the skills to help support that person in moving forward. So is it almost like a 12-month journey where you're t- taking them through the different healing modalities? Some of them are 12-month journeys. One of them is just an uh, um, a video program. It's um, six, it's eight weeks. And every week I teach a different way of um, looking at things, like how do you look at your beliefs and how do you shift them up? How do you do a soul retrieval on yourself? How do we let go of past hurts that are dragging us down that don't, don't allow us to be fully into our future? That's an online program that you just come to my um, website and purchase. So what I try to do is put things in different price points for people, mm-hmm. like for healers that really want to be healers and have a, a, a toolkit that's big enough and broad enough that you feel so confident that anyone that walks in the door, you'll be able to support them. That's a year journey. Mm-hmm. Um, for other people that just want to do a little energy work on themselves, you know, I have this, it's called discover my vibe. It's like, how do you raise your vibrational level in the world so that you can live and get the life you want? I love that. So what are some of the healing modalities that you actually teach? Well, so here's the really funny thing. When I started, all of this just started coming through to me. So I started by actually coaching people because that's what I did. But while I was sitting coaching people, I would get the message in my head like, oh, put your hand on her knee. And I'm like, I'm not going to put my hand on this person's knee. And it would go louder and louder and louder to finally I couldn't hear anything else. And I'd say, you know what? I keep getting this message to put my hands on your knee. Do you do you mind? And luckily, these were good clients, and they're like, oh, okay, no. And so I'd put my hands on their knees, and suddenly, you know, this woman would burst out crying, or another one would have a memory of something, or someone else would feel this pain leave their body. Um, and so I never really knew what was going on. And then I met a shaman, another shaman, who explained what was going on. 
So I um, got inducted into two shaman lineages, one in the U.S. and one in Peru. I traveled to Peru for about 10 years and worked with this um, lovely, well, several shaman there, but one in particular. I was the first and only um, person that was not in his family that he initiated into his lineage of healing. And then what happened over time was that shamanism has a lot of beautiful ritual, but what started to happen, much like when I opened up my healing capability, was that I would just get messages in my head to do things differently. And what I, when I did them, what I noticed was people were shifting faster and easier, and it wasn't taking so long. So like a soul retrieval in shamanism might take, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes, and then there's all this integration that you do and this languaging that you do. A soul retrieval in the system that I teach takes about 10 minutes. Mm. And it's really, so what I do is I teach an individual how do you connect to that person and then go up to their soul and ask for the soul part that they need back. And then how do you integrate it and then give that person a mantra or an affirmation to start holding it in for themselves. And that that's like 10 minutes. Um, so a lot of what I teach is actually my own system and my own system came from, uh, just u- straight universal energy. Now, one of my clients, um, shared something with me that I, it's always so hard for me to explain this. And, um, she said, I finally figured out why I love to teach with you so much. I'll learn from you so much. And I said, what's that? And she goes, well, I was in a class the other day. And what I realized was the teacher was taking somebody else's teachings and then teaching it. She goes, you go right up to source and and channel the information to give us so that we know how to do it. And so there's like no middle person anywhere. It's like source gives me the process and the strategy. I document it and I teach my students how to do it. And then we do it on a repeatable basis. Oh, it sounds magical. And is that uh, done online or is that a face-to-face class environment? Um, Up until now, it's been face-to-face, but in March, I'm taking it online because I have a lot of people that I work with around the world and they're like, hey, we want to learn too. So um, I'm going to start an online program of teaching all of this. So I'm very excited about it. That's why I was asking because we're in Australia and I'm sure our listeners was like, I want to learn how to do that. But that's why, yeah. Yes, yeah. So they can get in touch with me and I'd be happy to share how it would work for them mm. and how we're doing it online. Mm. The other day I did a webinar for Opening Your Intuition and I had um, people from all over the world on this webinar and I asked them, like, tell me how long you've been working with your intuition. So I had newbies. I had people that had been working maybe four to seven years, eight years, and then some people for 20 years. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, how do I teach the newbie and the 20-year-old? So I did. I gave them each something to focus on. And it was brilliant. It was like the newbie got to connect in with one body part and tell them. The one that's intermediate, I had them go through all their organs. The one that was advanced, I had them check into themselves and two people um, that they knew. So it was like just using the intuition differently for what stage you're on, you're at. And that's how I teach my healing. It's like there are some people that come in and they're master healers already, but they're looking for more and they're looking for something else. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them the more accelerated 
and the newbies, I'll give them the, the basics so they can begin. Mm, um, love it. Yeah. So, Marianne, I'm curious, I'm sure our listeners are too, how did you find your tribe? Because that's one of those things, we, we do have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs or in business, and one of those things that uh, keeps cropping up is, how do I find my tribe? You know, I found my tribe um, by just doing my work. If you focus on doing your work, what's going to happen is your clients are going to make such big shifts that their friends are going to say, I want some of that. What are you doing? Who are you working with? And that's how up until about three years ago, I never did one stitch of advertising because my business all came from word of mouth. People would work with me and then their friends or family would notice they're showing up different. They're, so it, that's how it grew. When I went to the virtual space, um, what I did was I simply focused on what I was passionate about and sharing that out in the world. And what happens is people know the difference between someone that's trying to build build a business versus someone that's really passionate about the work that they do and that they really want to just bring it out in the world. And they're going to be the ones that connect with you. Mm. They're going to be the ones that follow you. They're going to be. And some of those tribes, like I've had several people online follow me for years and never do one stitch of business with me. But I've had others, um, they show up on one webinar or one, uh, one um, conversation and they're calling in doing a year program. So you have to trust that when people are ready to work with you, they'll show up. Mm, I love that. And that's the trick, isn't it? To just do what you love to do, what you are naturally good at and passionate about. Yes, it really is. Because when you're trying to create something that other people tell you to do, it's never going to feel right. And and people are savvy. People are smart. They're going to know whether... Your work is coming from a heart-centered place or a head or a head place. Mm. And people want to work. We connect through our emotions. So people want to work with other people that are heartfelt and emotional and connected to what they're saying and what they're doing out in the world. Mm, I love that. So, Marianne, what we do as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? I would say deep. Mm. I love to take people deep, deep and wide. Um, And uh, it helps. uh, When we go deep, what it does is it busts you out into your life. You know, it just clears out everything that's in the way of you having the kind of life you want to live. I love busts you out. I just got a visual there and that was just like an explosion. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what happens with my clients. Like they will explode into their lives. It's so fun to watch. It is so fun. It's, it's, I love it. It's a great, a great, a great analogy. So the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration as we wrap up the show is to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be some of those three golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? I would say be present in every moment of your life. And if you're not present, just take a deep breath. Our breath brings us back to the present moment. Um, I would also say be clear about your intentions every day. How do you want to show up and who you want to be? Because those are two very different 
different things. Who we want to be is what aspects of us we're bringing to the world. Um, and then, uh, let's see, a third one could be, mm, there's so many. Oh, always keep your energy high, like your vibration high. If you start to feel low or depressed or stuck in a rut, it means you have a lot of your energy that's blocking you or other people's energy on you. So I would say take an energetic shower. And an energetic shower is you imagine yourself standing under like a shower head of white light and just have that white light take any energy that doesn't need to be there away from you. Oh, I love that too. I just got a visual about that too. So it's the water's going over and in through you and just cleansing it all out. Right. Mm, I right. love it. So Marianne, how can our listeners find you? What would be the best place? The best place is to um, uh, email me at mrobat, R-O-B-B-A-T, at C-F-L-H, Center for Lifelong Happiness, dot com. Mm. And um, and I paused because my website literally is under development. We just um, we we trademarked our name and we changed our name from the Robot Center. That's what it's been for twenty years now to Center for Lifelong Happiness because we surveyed our clients for mm. years, and the number one thing all of them came back is I'm happier and more more content in my life. Mm. So um, we decided, well, maybe we should be the Center for ha Happiness. So centerforlifelonghappiness.com, uh, and you can send me an email at mrobot at centerforlifelonghappiness.com. Thank you so much. And Marianne, do you do any social uh, media for our listeners? Um, I do have a Facebook page. I do have a YouTube channel. Um and I'm doing a series of webinars, so check into my Facebook page. Uh, it's Mary Ann Robot, um, because I've been doing a series of webinars on helping people get more connected to their spiritual self. Mm, just love it. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor, Marianne, to have you on the show. And um, I feel blissed out right now with just all our conversations and talking about energy uh, thank you so much and wishing you a happy or fabulous Friday. Okay, same with you, Catherine, and to all your listeners, um, enjoy your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right, take care. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook. To soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook 
at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.